0: the 2020 MLB season will be one like any other that we have seen before a 60 game sprint in just over two months to decide who will be playing in October in a format that lends itself to the unpredictable but that's where Greg Peterson comes in he's got you covered daily highlighting elements and angles that will be essential to know along with his picks with every single game on every single day now it is time for the baseball betting Podcast with Greg Peterson.
1: Hey, everyone! Well, hello, welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the baseball betting podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a tremendous show for you. So, we're going to have a two-part conversation with Curtis Rogers. We are not going to be having any actual MLB games. ...on this Saturday or Sunday, but with that said, things are all set for the divisional round of the postseason. Then from there, we're really not going to be having any days off whatsoever, so we're going to be bringing in a good friend of the podcast... ...that works out there with 710 ESPN to look at all these series out there in both the AL and the NL talk about if the Yankees and the Dodgers can be stopped on their way to what might be a Titanic World Series clash and so much more so we're going to have some fun there. With that being two segments we obviously don't have to touch them all today but we will probably be having that once we get more lines on these divisional games I would have to think starting tomorrow at the very latest we'll just have those Monday morning obviously for the AL games that are going to be booted up so have no fear they're just going to be going in depth on these series in the second and third segments with Curtis Rogers. and if you ever have any Twitter questions that you'd like answered, fire those into my Twitter timeline at JarenSquarty1, obviously. Gonna have some time in these next two days to be able to answer those. I did not get in any today, but we did see a pair of games in the National League that wound up deciding who's gonna be going to these divisional series. So let's take a look back at both of those try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better.
0: The games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap.
1: And today's recap is brought to you by my good friends at MyBookie because they know that that sports are back in full force and they want to help you maximize it. With a dollar for dollar deposit bonus on your first deposit with my bookie, if you type in the promo code Greg G R E G, you get your first deposit of up to one thousand dollars doubled. Note that a rollover does apply, but we've got obviously the MLB postseason in full swing, NBA Finals is going on, the NFL and college football is going to be taking place this weekend, and that is back in full force. College basketball is going to be starting up again November 25th on my college basketball podcast super. With oops, I'm going to be giving you guys a side and total on all those games, so that is going to be a whole lot of fun. And then when it comes to my bookie as well, they do more than just a side and total that I give you on this podcast. They're able to give you offerings when it comes to futures, you're able to get a bunch of great player props, especially when it comes to football. That's always where you get the most offerings just because everyone loves the NFL. But with that said, they've got a very expansive menu that is just my name, G R E G. Get your first deposit doubled with my bookie. And even if the losing teams had their number of runs doubled, it wouldn't have done any difference because we saw two shutouts in the MLB on Friday as the Miami Marlins take down the Chicago Cubs by a count of 2-0. Congratulations to the Miami Marlins who have still never lost a postseason series in their expansive 20-plus year career for the Miami Marlins. This team was able to get a great start out of 6-0 Sanchez. He goes five innings. He wound up getting out of a bases load jam in the fifth inning and man, there was just nothing going for the Cubs as Brad Boxberger, Richard Brier Yimi Garcia, Brandon Kitzler, from there. They are all able to give the team scoreless outings for a combined four innings. And for Kitzler, he winds up striking out three in the ninth inning for the Miami Browns. Begin this one, you wind up having Garrett Cooper go deep off of you Darvish for his first home run of this postseason for Darvish. This is one of those things where you just consider him a tough luck loser, in my opinion. Six and two-thirds innings. He gives up that home run. He gave up an additional run, but I need mean, two runs given up in six and two-thirds innings. He deserve a better fate. Craig Kimbrell was able to give the team four outs out the bullpen, and then Jeremy Jeffries a nice ninth inning, but for the Cubs, one of eight with runners in scoring position. Nine men left on base. They are able to generate five hits, but Javi Baez kept on going up with men on base, and he just kept on not being able to generate anything for the Cubs. This is a team that they really scuffled with the bats, averaging 3.4 runs per game at Wrigley Field this year. And in the postseason, they generate one run in two games against Miami Marlins. not ideal. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, they go up against the San Diego Padres in what was a bullpen game for the Padres. And they come up empty as well as the St. Louis Cardinals lose to the Padres by a count of 4-0. I think that north of 40% of the playoff games that National League Central teams played in, they were held scoreless. I mean, that is absolutely incredible because the Brewers were held scoreless in a game. The St. Louis Cardinals were. The Reds didn't score a single run in their series. So, I mean, that is something that is something I don't know if we're ever going to see again. And for the Cardinals, nine men left on base. They go 0-6 with runners in scoring position. Jack Flaherty certainly a tough luck loser. I mean, he goes six innings. He gives up one run and 110 pitches. He did a good job. Alex Reyes, he wound up being a little bit of a tough luck guy he wound up giving up three runs over the course of two innings, probably one of which was earned. There was a terrible error that was taking place at home plate when the bases were loaded. A throwing error by Colton Wong and then Tommy Edmund out in, there in the field also committed an error for the Padres. They had a home run out off the bat of Jake Cronenworth in the 8th inning to really put this game out of reach. They, too, the Padres went 2 of 11 with men in scoring position, but how about this? Craig Salmon gives the team 5 outs to begin the game. Tim Hill gives the team a scoreless inning. Pierce Johnson was able to get the team out of the 3rd. Adrian Morales wound up being able to give the team five outs, and then from there you get Luis Patino, Emilio Pagan, Drew Pomerantz, and Trevor Rosenthal all to go a scoreless inning apiece. Only Patino wound up giving up a run, so that was absolutely huge for the Padres and Slam Diego. After being down six to two in a game that they had to have on Thursday, has now been able to make it to the divisional round, and they will be facing off against the Dodgers. So that is what we all saw in Major League Baseball on Friday. Now let's take a look at that series. Let's take a look at Yankees versus Rays. Let's take a look at if any team is able to dethrone the Yankees and the Dodgers, and what figures to be a Titanic World Series clash if we wind up getting it. And we're going to be talking about all that and so much more in the next two segments with our good buddy Curtis Rogers of Seven Ten ESPN out in the lovely city of Seattle. That's up next right here on the Baseball bang Podcast. by Myself, Greg Peterson.
0: Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline.
1: And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Bank Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, and it is great to be joined by our next guest. He does absolutely terrific work with 710 ESPN. He does such things as the John Clayton Show during the MLB season. He does free and post-game work for the Seattle Mariners. That is when they are playing, obviously. Their season is dumb, but we're going to be talking about the teams that are still trudging on in the postseason as it is Curtis Rogers joining me on the podcast. And he also does the podcasting of his own with the Seattle Sports Night and Seattle Sports Saturday podcast, which you can get wherever you find this fine podcast and follow my Twitter at a kid from Kent. Curtis, always great to have you, Bart. Thank you so much for joining me. Greg, so
2: glad to be here talking playoff baseball with you. It feels weird to be talking playoffs after such a short regular season and such a short wild card round. But, I mean, just looking at this slate of teams that have made it to the divisional round, I would say only about one or two of them, maybe one of them, I'm kind of, you know, like, "Mm, I don't know about this. I think what's surprising is that baseball... For as short of the regular season was, I think these are the best teams that are left in the game. I don't think there's anybody that was eliminated in the wild card round that I'm wishing that they had got another chance.
1: Yeah, I agree. This is going to be just some tremendous baseball. It's going to be coming up these next few weeks, and I think we will both agree. Right now, the favorites to make the World Series, the Yankees and the LA Dodgers. Have you seen any of these teams that are going to be able to challenge these two? I think that that's really the big question that we need to start with because. I just took a look at both of those teams. With the Yankees, they were able to pile up so many runs on an Indian staff that has been absolutely tremendous. And for the Dodgers, it was against Milwaukee Brewers, being from the state of Wisconsin, I can tell you right now, this Brewers team was not good this season. But with that said, still, what they were able to do, very impressive. It
2: was very impressive. And I think the one thing that I'm going to be looking for in the divisional round, you know, you've got all these teams that are so familiar with each other. It's all divisional matchups. You know, you've got San Diego taking on the Dodgers. I think that's going to be an incredible series. Uh, I would expect that to go at least four, maybe even five, especially with, you know, the kind of talent that the Padres added in the regular season, especially the trade deadline. And then the Dodgers obviously being maybe the most talented team. Ever assembled, at least over the last, you know, couple decades. They're built for October, but as we know with the Dodgers, it has never been an easy go of it in the month of October. Last year, they were tremendous favorites against the Nationals. And then all of a sudden, Howie Kendrick, you know, one swing of the bat and that was the end of their season. In the other divisional round in the National League, I would be shocked if the Braves don't win that series just because The Marlins, that's the one team I look at and I say, I don't think they really belong right here, but it is October and the Marlins have never lost a playoff series in their franchise's existence in all, what, 28 years Granted, this is only the third trip to the postseason they've ever had, so maybe there's some Marlins magic going on. But I look at the National League right now, and anything less than a Dodgers-Braves championship series, I think, would be a surprise. I think the only chance of an upset in the National League in the divisional round would be San Diego over L.A.
1: Yeah, I really don't see a way in which we don't get Dodgers versus either Yankees or Rays, because what I do think is so fascinating is that the Rays just wound up owning the Yankees during the regular season. I believe that was 8 out of 10. And these are two completely different teams. You've got all the flash. You've got all the big bombers on that New York Yankees team. And with the Tampa Bay Rays, it's a bunch of nameless, faceless guys that they just go out there, they do their job. Obviously, they've got some hard tossers in the bullpen, but I just take a look at it. It's a battle of two opposites. The Yankees, they were a little bit more looking at the long term. For the Rays, they are very much a a one-game-at-a-time team. I think that's going to be a tremendous series.
2: I think so, too. And you mentioned the one-game-at-a-time team. You know, they're scheduled to face the Yankees on Monday at Petco Park in San Diego, and they don't even have a starter listed for Monday's game against the Yankees. So, like you said, they're one game at a time. I think they had the most different number, or they the highest number of pitchers that registered a win of any team in baseball this season. And I don't think they had many people on their team that had more than, you know, about two or three wins. But what's wild to think about is that they're still just a, an incredibly good team. They've got everything going for them right now. I mean, obviously, you get Randy Arozarena, somebody who you know nobody had really you know paid attention to before this season. He batted five hundred in the wild card round. Hunter Renfro, he had a pretty nice bat flip for himself there in the wild card round. I think the way Kevin Cash has managed this season, I don't think there's any question he is the manager of the year in the American League, just because of where he's got this raised team and how they were able to take that road. But like you said, the Yankees have the most talent in the American League, and it's not even close. You know, the A's, I think if Matt Chapman were healthy, then I think you could maybe make a case that they're up there with the Yankees in terms of overall talent, but there's just so many name-worthy guys. And Garrett Cole is going to be the game one starter for the Yankees. That's going to be so difficult. We saw how good he was last year in the postseason for Houston. I would not expect anything less from him going up against Tampa Bay. You know, I think Tampa Bay kind of falls into that same trap that the A's have fallen into over the last you know a couple decades. Is that? You can have great regular seasons, but if you don't have those horses, if you don't have those guys to rely upon game in and game out, you know, when it's a collective team effort, the guys who step up when the rest of the team gets cold, it's going to be very tough for you to win in October, especially with how urgent you need to be. There's no days off in this year's postseason where, as in years past, there were a couple days off where, you know, you could get your number one starter back out there in game four. Well, that's going to be very tough to do now. Uh, I think Tampa Bay. And Oakland, for as much as, you know, stat heads like you and me would, I think, be very intrigued to see, you know, those two teams battle for an American League championship. I just don't know if those either of those teams are built to win in October, whereas I think the Yankees, that's just how their organization runs is to win in October. They have the ace to to make things happen. They've got a lineup that doesn't quit. They've got, you know, no breaks in that lineup either. Kyle Higashioka, a catcher. Gary Sanchez, pick your poison. Higashioka had, what, the three-home run game at the end of the regular season. So, you know, and he's not necessarily their starter per se, but it's going to be, I think the Yankees will get the series victory over the Rays, even though I'm going to be rooting for the Rays just because of how they've been able to get to this point. And obviously they've got star level players on the way. Wander Franco is the best prospect in baseball. You know, right now, I don't know if this roster is built to win in an
1: urgent manner. I agree with you As We do have Curtis Rogers joining me on the podcast. And then you're going to have the other fascinating one versus four matchup, the battle for LA, the LA Dodgers and the San Diego Padres. And what's interesting is that the American League teams are going to be playing in Los Angeles and San Diego. Meanwhile, the LA Dodgers and the San Diego Padres are playing in Texas. I just have absolutely no idea how that works, but it is what it is this year. I think that this is going to be a really interesting series because... We saw with the Padres, they certainly had their issues with the St. Louis Cardinals, but somehow, some way, they piecemeal together a bullpen game against the St. Louis Cardinals on Friday. They don't give up a single run after they wound up giving up 7-plus in the first two games with actual starters. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, but we know this about the Padres. This is a team that they're able to put up runs in a hurry when needed. We saw that in Game 2 with Fernando Tatis Jr., Will Myers, putting up double... Home runs a piece. You had Manny Machado doing all he does in that series as well. I think that this one is going to be a whole lot of fun. When I look at, you know, San Diego and LA right now, I think the team that
2: I'm most familiar with of the two would be the Padres. And I think it's because of how many transactions they made with the Mariners this season. You had the huge trade that put Austin Nola, the, the catcher who's played very well since coming over to San Diego and then obviously you know Tatis and Machado and Cronenworth and Hosmer I mean that is one of the best infields if not the best infield at baseball but you look at the Dodgers and their starting rotation with Walker Mueller Clayton Kershaw you know it's just so extensive and you know Cody Bellinger Mookie Betts obviously you know Maybe the second best player in baseball. There is going to be more talent in this series between the Dodgers and Padres than any series, I think, in the divisional round. And I think it's going to be the one that I'm most excited to watch just because of A, these two teams, there's some rivalry there between the two ball clubs. You know, you look at what the Padres did to close out the Cardinals in the wild card round using nine pitchers in a shutout. That speaks to a depth that I don't think a lot of people had really expected out of the Padres and their pitching staff. I think. The one thing, though, that's going to hurt San Diego in this series, uh, the fact that it's five straight days of games, and they don't have Mike Clevenger to go to, the big ace that they got – from Cleveland at the deadline, who has been nails, you know, for his entire career since coming up. And for San Diego to not have him in this series, I think it's going to be very tough for them to win three out of five against the Dodgers. I just think LA, what else is left to be said about them? They're the most talented team in the league right now. They've got, you know, stars all over the place. They have fallen short you know, so many times. To get over the hump, they're going to have to beat a really good Padres team. I think they're going to do it. I do think the Dodgers are going to be able to beat the Padres, but if this one goes five, I will not be surprised. In fact, I'll be elated if it goes five because that means it's going to be a really close, tight series. And I think right now, looking at these two teams, I would pick the Dodgers, but if the Padres do pull it off, I would not be surprised at all.
1: I agree. I do think that this is, like I was saying a little bit earlier, the Dodgers and the Yankees most likely going to the World Series. I will say, I would actually argue that this round of eighth, the divisional round, is actually going to be more difficult for these two teams. And I think that this is a great point to leave off and hit on that in part two because I truly do think that these divisional series, these best of fives for the Dodgers and the Yankees are more difficult than they're going to wind up facing. If they do wind up surviving and advancing, obviously they might be on collision for what would be an absolutely Tremendous World Series, so we'll talk about that. And also on the other side, we're going to be talking about some of the superb pitching that we've seen so far in the postseason. That's on the other side right here on the Baseball Banking Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson.
0: Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion.
1: And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the baseball betting podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. We are being rejoined by Curtis Rogers, who does absolutely tremendous work with 710 ESPN out in the great city of Seattle. He contributes for the John Clayton Show, Seattle Sports Night, slash Seattle Sports Saturday podcast, and so much more. He's joined this podcast a lot. You know him, you love him, and you're able to follow him on Twitter at KidFromKen. And on the other side, I was mentioning the fact that I think that the series for both the Dodgers and the Yankees coming up in the divisional round as the Dodgers are going to be facing off against the Padres and the Yankees are going to be facing off against the Rays are going to be the toughest for these two prospective teams as they try to make it to what would be an absolutely superb world series. Because you take a look at that Oakland A's versus Houston Astros series. I don't give either of those two teams. Much of a shot when it comes to going up against either the Yankees or the Rays. And then when you take a look at the National League, the Atlanta Braves were certainly able to get past the Cincinnati Reds. But the Cincinnati Reds scored as many runs as the two of us in that series. They're certainly going to be facing (laughs) a little bit more of an uphill battle there And the Miami Marlins. Great story. Do you think that they're going to be knocking off either the Padres or the Dodgers? I don't think so. I don't think so either.
2: But I think the Braves, I think they're the third of the – teams in the nationally. I think they're going to have an easy go of it against the Marlins. I don't think Miami has much of a shot to win three of five here against Atlanta, but I would say the Braves have been pretty resilient though this season. They've had a few guys opt out and they had to make do with what they had. What Cole Hamels, Felix Hernandez, two guys who obviously have had very lengthy resumes in baseball. Nick Marcakis opted out, but then opted back in. They've been very adaptable throughout this season. They have shown a resiliency then obviously, you know, we talk about the Dodgers outfield and how talented it is. The Braves are right there. Marcelo Zuna has had an incredible season. Ronald Acuna, maybe the third best player in baseball. He's certainly one of the most fun guys to watch. And if you're not familiar with his work, I would say get familiar with it. Freddie Freeman could very well be the MVP in the National League. So, I mean, this offense, we saw it put up 29 runs in the regular season against this Marlins team, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it was. So, yeah, so, you know, we know that the Braves feast on this pitching. Ian Anderson, Max Freed, those are two really good starters that the Braves have. You know, if they're able to, to go and, and, and to contribute the way that they did against Cincinnati you know, I think they have a really good shot at at making the championship series in the National League. But I wouldn't say they're, you know, heading towards the wood chipper against San Diego or LA. But I just don't see them having enough firepower to be either one of the Padres or the Dodgers in the National Championship Series. But I do see them beating the Marlins pretty handedly. I, I think if they get it done in four games or less, that's probably the most likely scenario
1: we are in agreement there as we do have Curtis Rogers of 710 ESPN in Seattle joining me on the podcast and if there's anything else that you're really looking at when it comes to this postseason what necessarily is it because one thing that I think has really stood out is just some of these starting pitchers have been absolutely dominant even though his team is out Trevor Power what he was able to do was absolutely tremendous 6 Sanchez the performance he had against the Cubs Being able to get out of that bases loaded jam in the fifth was very good. We've obviously seen Sandy Alcantara on that same team do a terrific job. And Clayton Kershaw finally was able to give us just an absolutely superb (laughs) postseason performance. Now, I will say he's had good postseason performances before, but we did against the Brewers a few days ago. That was masterful.
2: Yeah, that was maybe the best Kershaw has looked in the postseason. The only other time I can remember him having as dominant of an outing was when he appeared in relief. I think it was against the Nationals about 3 or 4 years ago in a game 5 clincher in the divisional round. We came in out of the bullpen and just shut him down for about 3 innings on short rest. But yeah, as we know, that that's just been his entire history is not, you know, performing well in the postseason. I think his career postseason ERA is up over 4, which is nowhere near what he is in the regular season. When he's in the regular season, he's one of the greatest pitchers ever, but for whatever reason has never been able to put it together in the postseason. But of all the players left in the postseason, I think he has the biggest chance to kind of rewrite the book that has been written about him. You know, the guy who falls short, the guy who continually chokes in the postseason. If the Dodgers are able to get to a World Series and win it finally, because... As we know, just getting there is not good enough. They've lost two World Series in his career back to back years, had a great chance to win it in 2017, got blown out in 2018. But I think Kershaw right now, if he's able to get over that hump, we're looking at a rewritten legacy similar to kind of what Justin Verlander was before he went to Houston, you know, a really good pitcher with, you know, a couple of Cy Young awards, but. Never had that postseason success, and then all of a sudden he wins that World Series with Houston, and everybody's mindset kind of changes about him, and he'd look at him as a generational pitcher, and I think that's what Kershaw has going for him. You know, another thing that I'm going to be watching for is just how are these teams are going to manage playing five straight games in the postseason? That's never been done before. Building your rotation out, how do you want it to go? Especially if you find yourself in a 2-0 hole, you know, who do you give the ball to in game three to save off elimination? Because you can't really go back to your ace in game three because you're only pitching them on two days rest. It's going to be an interesting, interesting way that these teams figure out how to build out their rotations for these divisional round games. And then also in the championship series, when those go to the seven straight games, those are the things I want to be watching for as, as the division series gets underway next
1: week. I think that it is going to be just full of great action, the division series. And I know you're going to be following it every step of the way, Curtis. And you also do terrific work out there with 17 ESPN on the John Clayton show. Because as we know, the NFL is back into our lives. The Seattle Seahawks obviously having a very noteworthy year. People are getting behind hashtag let Russ cook and everything like that. So I know that you're following that and so much more. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media, just what you're working on in general as well. Yeah. You
2: can follow me at a kid from Ken on Twitter and Instagram.
1: And then, yeah,
2: like you mentioned on the John Clayton show every Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to noon. Actually getting back into the groove of things, had a slight ankle surgery. Uh, about two weeks ago, so Monday will actually be my first day back. But uh, looking forward to that. A lot of NFL talk, as you mentioned, and then got all the podcasts going as well. You can subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast.
1: And Curtis does an absolutely terrific job with those. So big thanks, Curtis Rogers, for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. And if you like what you're hearing on the Baseball Betting Podcast, you find my podcast the baseball betting podcast, wherever you find Curtis's, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you ever have any question for the podcast, feel free to fire that into my Twitter timeline at GRS41. And as per usual, if you rate five stars on this podcast, on Apple Podcasts, you not only help out the exposure of this podcast, but you're able to get in your questions, comments, concerns that way as well. So hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I will talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.